So we're here playing Squadrons, gathering our thoughts for our review scheduled to drop January 17th for Star Wars Squadrons. And we figured while we're here, uh, let's talk about our thoughts on Wonder Woman 84. We all got a chance to see it over the Christmas holiday. Uh, so we figured, you know, two birds, one stone. I mean, we are three friends hanging out talking about whatever seems interesting at the time. So why not Wonder Woman 84? <laughs> Any, anyone care to open with their thoughts? Good, bad, or otherwise? Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and start. I just, all I really have to say about it is like, if you want two and a half hours of Gal Gadot saying goodbye to Christopher Pines, then you got the right movie for you. Because that's <laughs> it is. And that's it, everybody. That's our episode. Good night. Wow. <laughs> I love that assessment. That is, that's great. That is really good. Uh, I mean, I've got a few points here uh, to talk about, but, um, you know, I, I like Nathan's. I think it's pretty, pretty concise. But for me, there was, I, I don't know, it, this may, I may end up sounding like I'm nitpicking the entire time. But for me, there was more bad about this movie than good. That doesn't mean I enjoyed it. I guess let me start there. Overall, I was entertained for the two and a half hours. It did not feel for me dragged out. So I wasn't, you know, necessarily like disappointed in that respect. I turned it on we started the movie and we got all the way to the end without feeling like exhausted from the length, you know, or bored at, it at any point. But I did notice a bunch of things that just stood out to me as odd for a movie of this scale. Um, and it starts like right at the very beginning. I don't know about how you guys felt about that opening sequence. It felt, other than it being tied to the whole truth deal part of the story, it felt kind of like, I don't know, like it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, we, you've got basically, you know, little kid Diana competing in some event on Themyscira and then losing that event because she cheated but did she cheat that was something that i found weird is like the i don't know the character's name but essentially her mentor makes it out to seem like diana cheated and i don't know if she cheated so much as she just didn't complete all the objectives you know she skips one of those markers she's supposed to hit with an arrow to get back to her horse so that she can get there faster. And I think that's just more about her not understanding the objective than it was about her cheating. Um, so the, the whole opening sequence just felt weird for me about that. What'd you guys think about that part of the movie? Yeah, I feel like they intended it to set up something, but they didn't really set it up to follow throughout, through throughout the rest of the movie. Um, and it just, it, like I said, it felt disconnected. It felt like there was no point to it, although they were trying to make a point. Um, I was enjoying the whole sequence for the most part. Like I, I know some people I've talked to about it didn't like how ridiculous the feet seemed to be. And I'm just kind of like, well, they're like superhuman warriors that have been trained in an archery and horseback riding for everything. So it's not really that um, weird for me that they were able to do all those things. In just a regular sport i don't think that they thought the entire sequence through very well when actually executing it um but yeah just uh, like for me the whole movie could have just been done better period yeah james what did you think about the opening i enjoyed the opening 
as far as cheating versus non-cheating, like if she knows that her objective is to get these flags or whatever or something, then and she doesn't do it, then yeah, that, that's cheating. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I I thought it was nice to get back to you know see Themyscira again, see all the different Amazons, you know, show off their physical prowess. And like it's not it's if it's the only opening we had. We had a second opening with the whole like you know eighty four stuff at the mall, where you know tried to be as eighties as it could get. The Wonder <laughs> Woman taking out the thieves, you know, showing off her skill with the lassos, and and it was really cool seeing like the the subtle way they tried to make things fit with the continuity with the other uh, DC universe movies, but not like focusing too hard. Uh, mostly by like you know having Wonder Woman destroy surveillance cameras since by the time of Batman v Superman and Justice League she's still sort of hidden and just mostly an urban legend right uh, yeah yeah I kind of enjoyed those openings that that makes more sense to me now too because that felt that was one of those things that stuck out to me as a little weird that why was she destroying all the cameras to protect her idea I mean I get why she's destroying them but it just felt weird that they they called it out almost they made a point to show you that she was doing that. And I wondered why. So I'm glad that you, you said that because that makes more sense to me now. Um, speaking of the opening, uh, the second opening anyway, you know, in the 80s. Um, yeah, they were trying pretty darn hard to make this movie, make, make sure you knew this was taking place in the 80s. Almost so much so that it felt, the opening felt cheesy, that second opening felt cheesy to me. Yeah, yeah. Um... It did seem a little forced on how much they wanted to make sure we understood what time frame it was in. Uh, oh, goodness. Sorry. I lost control there for a second. <laughs> it completely derailed my train of thought. Um, yeah, I mean, it did seem kind of forced in how they were trying to make sure we understood that they were in the 80s and that we're no longer in World War I era or even modern era. Um, but at the same time, it's like they want to make sure that we know where the movie is set exactly. And I can't really fault them for that. Um, one of those also with the opening the first opening and the second opening in the 80s that some of the the movements like you know I get that they're Wonder Woman is you know these are all overpowered warriors and stuff but like the flightiness or the weightlessness of their of the movement of the action was kind of bugging me a little bit like it just felt I get that there's a suspension of disbelief because these are superheroes and they don't exist in the real world, blah, blah, blah. But like, it just took me out of the moment because of how fake it felt. Uh, another thing of the, of the opening, because it got better as the movie went along. It wasn't so flighty as the movie progressed, but the opening just felt, they just looked, the whole thing was just kind of cheesy for me. The you, first you, opening. You say literally not as flighty later on in the movie, but you have Wonder Woman flying yeah. later in the movie. So <laughs> yes, I, I'm not I sure your gripe here. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is in the opening, all of the stuff where she's, you know, swinging around on the lasso and you've got the, the other women uh, climbing up these tall structures and they're kind of like, you know, doing this whole jumping back and forth i forget what that's called you see it a lot in like ninja warrior and stuff i get whether like these frog pack things where you jump back and forth you know that whole movement and everything just felt kind of weightless like you knew they were on wires and stuff and it just made it it made it look fake to me the action in the very beginning of the movie and those first two openings just felt fake as it goes on it gets better but 
even when she's, for example, uh, they are in, where is it? Are they in Egypt or something, right? And they're chase, they're, they're chasing um, Maxwell Lord and his security team. And she's jumping between the vehicles and stuff. That felt better than it did in the opening for me. It's just another, like I said, one of those things that stuck out to me that kept pulling me out of the movie. Was uh, parkour the word you're looking for? Sure. Yeah, we can go with parkour. <laughs> um did anyone feel like did you all get the plot like right away like what was going on and what the stakes were and what was happening at first with like maxwell lord and everything you know it's it's not that i understood what was going on but i could see where i thought they were going to go and then it's not that they didn't go where i thought they would it's just it felt like they didn't really go anywhere with the plot hmm like the plot, like everything they explained didn't really amount to anything. There were no consequences and things just kind of happened because the movie decided it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably my biggest, my biggest concern with the movie. I was talking to Layla about this, like the next morning, we were kind of just sharing our thoughts with each other. And like, there are really no consequences to what happens in this movie, unless I miss something like, Maxwell Lord isn't arrested or anything like that. At least um, I didn't catch anything where it showed him being arrested or punished for what he did. Um, and then, you know, they, the world essentially almost destroys itself with everybody making their selfish wishes. They all relinquish their wishes and everybody goes back to life as if nothing ever happened. Yeah. And I'm like, y'all know that you all basically almost died, right? Like the world was going on the brink of chaos. Uh, you, Russia and the U.S. were about to nuke the crap out of each other, and all the all and, and you know on, on top of all the other things that happened, you know, you made a wish for a Porsche and it came true right away. A guy wished for a farm and he got his farm in the middle of this apartment complex. You know, people literally got exactly what they wanted right when they wanted it and then gave it all up and it all disappeared and nobody's standing around saying, hey, how did all of this happen? Right. And I, I feel like they could have gotten away with that with everybody like losing their memory when Max re, redid his wish and recounted it, that it should have basically just, you know, undid everything. But I mean, then you got the whole argument of, well, what would that have accomplished? Because in the movie didn't, you know, there were no consequences, period. Yeah. It's like they, they wanted a movie with like world destroying possibilities, but then it takes place decades before the rest of DCEU. So how do you, you know, account for something that could have destroyed all of humanity, all of the entire world, but then nobody remembers it or talks about it? Yeah. Any thoughts on, on that, James, the repercussions of the, the, what happens in the movie? I mean, yeah, no, the ending just, was not not necessarily rushed but yeah i'm not saying that we need everything in the end explained but it, it didn't seem like much was necessarily like it's not entirely clear if everybody did rounce their wishes or not like we saw a bunch that did but we weren't explicitly shown everybody so i don't know yeah and no repercussions as far as we can tell for max lord kind of felt weird yeah um I will say, you know, okay, we, we've had a lot of like some, a lot of negative things. Uh, maybe some, maybe we should do some positive stuff. What, what did we like about the movie? 
Anything that in particular that stuck out to you that you really enjoyed in the movie? Ares wasn't in it. <laughs> Sorry, that was one of my only two big gripes about the first Wonder Woman was I did not like the design for Ares at the final fight. Sure. Um, I, I will say on that lines though, I did miss that there wasn't some sort of big, bad, you know, mythic God tied to the plot of the movie. Right. Uh, which w- I think would have helped certainly explain you know, he's got this this rock that essentially grants, grants wishes. And they do mention that there was some God or some person of mischief that created it or whatever. And But it would have been neat, I think, to see that person show up like Maxwell Lord Renown. You know, they, this guy basically jumps in right when Maxwell Lord is about to get everything he wants. And he's going to jump in and basically you know, what would you say? Yoink everything that Maxwell Lord is is trying to achieve. And then he has to make the decision to renounce his wish, not just because he wants to save his son, but because this larger threat also threatens him. Kind of like a the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. Right. Yeah, but then you'd have the same sort of issue that, you know, one could fault the first movie for of like, okay, is this trickster guy going to be somebody that we've seen throughout the movie and hey his big surprise reveal that's exactly what we had with Ares and the first Wonder Woman yeah otherwise I- it's you're going to have this random trickster god that hasn't been here previously and it yeah that 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 Max Lord was good enough as a big bad or whatever yeah I agree with James on that yeah yeah well and speaking of Max Lord because we were talking about things that we liked I loved Pedro Pascal in this movie. I thought he nailed the character well, and I loved every time he was on the screen were my favorite parts of the movie, despite the the plot and everything, and you know him being the bad guy and some of the issues that I have regarding his part of the story. He did. He and Kristen Wiig, I think, did an amazing job with their characters. I enjoy their performances a lot. Yeah. I definitely like their performances. I, to me, I think it all boiled down to it just wasn't a very well-written script. And that's really what my complaints are. Like, I mean, the CGI didn't bother me. The choreography didn't really bother me that much. Because, like, I was able to spend my belief for it well enough to enjoy the movie for those aspects. I just did not like the conflict set up, how it was resolved, and just the lack of consequences for everything that happened by the end. It just, it's like... They had an extra year to get things put together and they did nothing with that extra year that they had. Yeah. Well, the argument can be made that maybe they did. Like the the film was shot back in 2018. You're right. We don't know. We don't know all of exactly what happened behind the scenes. Like having an extra year on its face maybe sounds good, but that also leaves more time for potential meddling from studios behind the scenes. Sure. Yeah. But no, I, I enjoyed uh, the, the origin of a couple, you know, Wonder Woman mainstays. Like we mentioned earlier, she can, you know, fly now. She kind of learns from Steve Trevor, sort of, how to fly. Um, and that was neat how they did which, that. Which, we, you know, leads us to kind of, you know, the moments we saw from the trailers, which were really cool, where she's, you know, using the lasso to kind of help pr- pr- propel her a little bit when she's learning and then also, you know, riding the lightning with it. And then we also get a, a origin of sorts for an invisible jet, invisible plane. Right. And it was nice that it kind of tied into the fact that, you know, she is 
a God or part God or however one wants to frame it, I guess. And we, you know, we see that, Hey, she's been practicing magic because she's powerful like that. <laughs> and it's like, she grew up on this Island that was cloaked by magic. It would make sense that maybe she would pick up a little on it. And now she's got an invisible plane, whether or not she, you know, keeps that plane or just returns it to the Smithsonian. Right. I don't know. Who's to say. Yeah, you know, because superheroes can just walk right onto the Smithsonian and take a plane because all those planes are definitely still working. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, overall, I enjoyed the movie. I think most of the issues that I have are, you know, nitpicky and like Nathan said, are just, you know, maybe part of the script, needed some work, needed a little bit more time to tool how they were going to, you know, handle things like the repercussions of their actions and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part... I think it was a good movie. Um, what did you, none of us have mentioned so far the Golden Eagle armor. What did you guys think about how that turned out? I wasn't really a fan of it. I mean, they, they didn't really use it that much. So it was okay. I think for the attention that it was, the, the for the call out that it was given there, you know, when Steve is kind of, they're in her little, whatever you want to call it, surveillance office thing. You know, and he points it out to her and she explains kind of briefly what it is. And then bringing it out, like, it was, I, I don't know, for the most part, it felt like the armor was not useless, but not all that we were expecting it to be, given the call out it was given there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I get that the wish that, you know, that Kristen Wiig or Cheetah is making you know, and then Maxwell Lord is kind of using also his power to kind of channel some of that power to her or whatever. So she, in in a sense, is OP, right? And so that might make it where the armor is not as strong against her. But again, they make a point to tell you that it's like made up of all their, you know, whatever strongest bits of armor together to overcome this huge threat and she finds the armor intact so whatever threat it was obviously the armor survived only to be torn apart by cheetah yeah um so you know i didn't care too much for the way it looked it looked a tad cheesy and then you know like i just finished saying it was kind of just destroyed or eliminated pretty quickly um, I was like, you know, okay, it's in the marketing. She calls it out. There's a whole story behind it. And, uh, oh, great. We lost, um, you know, there's a whole story behind it. And then, you know, the armor essentially is in the move is maybe making a difference in five minutes of the movie. Um, again, I just feel like maybe I'm being nitpicky. So, well, I mean, me again, I, I thought, I thought the look of the armor was fine. I mean, if you want to talk about something that that didn't look super great, that the the final you know visual effects for Cheetah were just kind of really meh. Mm -hmm. It's like it, it, for the finale, we get the big you know Wonder Woman and Cheetah fight, and you know Barbara got her upgrade to become a full on Cheetah cat person. But and you know we see her up close at first, and we you see her face and the makeup and. I guess maybe some extra prosthetics. I, it's hard to tell. And it wasn't, you know, bad. But then when it pans out and we get the actual fight, the, the whole scene is just really poorly lit. And Cheetah kind of blends into the background. Yeah. Like it's, 
I don't know. It, it would look like a mess. You could barely see any of the details of her. And she just, it's all kind of a little blurry. For as colorful as a lot of the rest of the movie was, that there was kind of no excuse for the way that that fight scene turned out. Yeah. There's a, a channel on YouTube that I, that I subscribe to called Corridor Crew. They cover a lot of like visual effects stuff. And typically in movies, you use dark scenes to hide some of the flaws uh, in CG and stuff like that, or to make things appear a little bit more real, especially if it's something that's scary because it adds some depth to the scene. Like they call out this a lot in Jurassic Park. Uh, with the Tyrannosaurus Rex, that the CG looks really good, but they're using a dark scene so that they have control over the light. They they basically, they're making you see what they want you to see. And so you're not looking at all of the parts that could look bad. And it feels like in this scene with the fight with Cheetah, it was done to hide the fact that they didn't do a very good job at all and not to accentuate the parts that looked good. You get, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You know, yeah. they just, they, they were trying to highlight, oops, this didn't look as good as we, as we wanted it to. So let's crank up the darkness so that no one sees just how bad of a job we did. Right. As opposed to using it to their advantage and saying, oh, it's dark, but here, look at this, you know, see this pose that we're going to strike that looks really good and shows how much time we spent making her look realistic and then cover up the flaws in motion and stuff where we're not looking for those details anyway. Instead, the whole thing was just dark and muddy. Um, the fight itself was good. Just they did a very bad job of trying to hide the CG work. For me, a lot of the visuals like the golden armor and then the lightning lassoing and even the invisible jet, even though it's not visible, uh, for a visit for a, uh, an effect like that to me it was just all very fan servicey it's just like oh what are things that wonder woman is known for we got to make sure they're in this movie then give them some kind of quick explanation so yeah um i wasn't really i mean not that the armor looked bad it just didn't really seem to serve a purpose story-wise or even like in for the combat like it didn't really seem to give her an upgrade that she needed mm -hmm. um and the wings were torn off almost immediately and then just, yeah, it was just there to look pretty, essentially. So despite its flaws, what are we, is this, was this movie terrible? Well, are we, are we still talking about flaws? Because nobody has bothered to mention the whole, like, how they bring Steve back. Oh, you know what? That's true. Someone mentioned Steve earlier and I was going to bring it and then I totally spaced. Well, that's what happened. Yeah, like, uh, like to me, his return really seems a bit wrong. Yeah. Not so much the fact that they bring him back, like, it makes sense that they would need during some parts of the movie, somebody for Diana to kind of, you know, bounce off of instead of just talking to herself while she's, you know, getting to Egypt and all that other stuff. But it's more just in the way that they bring him back. Like I'm, I, I'm not sure why when we have the movie being centered around an all powerful wish granting stone, they couldn't have given Steve his own body back instead of having his spirit hijack some random guy. Yes. Like I, maybe it would have made more sense if he'd hijacked you know, some brain dead guy in a hospital in a coma or something. Maybe it'd feel a little better. But as far as we know, this was a guy who, you know, even though we never get a name for him, he lived his own life. And if Diana, Diana hadn't renounced her wish later in the movie, she would have essentially killed this guy just so she could have Steve back. Yeah. And yeah. then you pile that on top of, you know, 
she sleeps with Steve while in this guy's body. <laughs> no consent here. That's kind of rapey. Oof. Like I, I, I know some people maybe won't think too much of it, but let's put it this way. If you reverse the genders, had Steve sleep with a Diana possessing random lady body, that's all kind of messed up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I never, I didn't think about that when I watched it. Um, so, wow. Like, yeah, that certainly, certainly adds to the disappointment there with how they brought him back. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, that is weird that he has to take some other guy's body because uh, I did, I did talk to that when Layla and I were doing our, you know, sharing our thoughts with each other about it. Like, I did find it weird that everybody, like there was a consequence to everybody's wishes, right? That's the whole point. It's the whole monkey's paw thing. Like you get what you want, but then you lose like your greatest, you know, thing or whatever. So Diana's losing her powers. Uh, but did she really get what she wanted? Cause she wanted Steve back. And while sure he's back he's back in some other dude's body and they make a point to be like where she's you know he they show him that he's in this dude's body when he's sitting in front of the mirror but she's like oh don't worry all i see is you but that's more of like a lovey dovey i see you with my you know with my eyes kind of like i see you with it, my soul it's a my it's eyes. a we we have the money for chris pine we really want chris pine back that that's all that is yeah but i mean they could have just, like you said, it's an all-powerful wish-granting stone. Everybody else got it without having to have somebody else suffer for it. So, like, she got Steve back, but at the cost of this dude's, this random dude's life. That didn't happen with Kristen, you know, with Kristen, with, with Cheetah. You know what I mean? She didn't get her powers, and then that random dude that was harassing her on the street randomly died because she was taking his life force to help her get more powerful kind of thing. But yeah. like it was her wish was the only wish that seemed to directly affect another person not involved at this at all. And not in a way like where the dude in Egypt made a wish that impacted all of these other people kind of deal. Like this guy had absolutely nothing to do with this situation yet basically loses his life so Diana can have her wish. Right. It felt a little unfair in that case that like, does this stone really work that well? Because he should have gotten back his own body, like just basically resurrect him and instantly transport his body to wherever they were kind of deal. Or just have it that his body was brought forward in time just the moment before his death. Yeah. That's the body he has. Yeah, because like when I realized that they spent the night together, I was like, oh, she just raped a dude. Like immediately I realized that. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was a very weird decision for them to do uh, for how to bring back Chris Pine storyline wise for this. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, James. Cause I, I did want to talk about that and I completely forgot about that. Because it was so bad, you really didn't want to. <laughs> right, subconsciously I'm like, no, do not recall the rape. <laughs> um. Let's see, what else did I have in my notes here? Let me make sure I don't miss anything else. Uh, no, I mean, that's, those were all of my thoughts on the movie. Did you guys have anything else that you wanted to share or we, we, we missed as well? No, um, I, I think I pretty much covered whatever. Yeah. So then, was this movie terrible or not terrible? I think it was. 
I don't think it was worth the time to watch it. Maybe if it had been an hour and a half, but not for an almost a three hour movie, it wasn't worth the time. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't think I should have watched a Christmas day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's celebrate Christmas by watching Wonder Woman rape a, rape a guy who doesn't have control over his body. <laughs> God a way to spend the holiday. Um, I I don't think the movie was terrible. It just it is definitely flawed. Uh, like I said, I didn't I did enjoy the action and it did keep my attention. Although I do get I did get pulled out a few times by some of the things we talked about sharing our thoughts here. Um, you know, if you put aside the rape, which is very hard to do, now that you know it's been brought to my attention. Um, I don't think it was, it's borderline. It's like just, it just missed the terrible mark for me, I think. It, I don't know. I'm, I might have to, I'll probably watch it again at some point. It's nothing that's probably going to be in a regular rotation, but I might have to, I don't know, maybe when more information comes out about exactly what, if any kind of meddling happened behind the scenes. I don't know. I get the feeling I'll definitely watch it uh, if there's going to be a third Wonder Woman, you know, just, you know, typically watch the previous ones again before watching a new one. But I don't know. It was all right. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess that concludes our thoughts on Wonder Woman 84. Let us know what you guys thought in the comments. Um, we'd sure love to hear what you think about it. And uh, stay tuned for our Squadrons review coming January 17th. Um, we've been <laughs> talking about the movie and not focusing too much on the multiplayer experience here, although I do keep dying. So expect me to talk about some of that in my portion of the review. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to leave you guys to it and we're going to keep dying horribly at this game. <laughs> ah, be good to each other out there. Goodbye. <laughs>